Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 139 of Shades of Brown. And this week, it's, it's a mixed, like, it's a mixed bag of things. Uh, we, we start with, uh, with, with a phone. It's been a while since we've talked about a phone, right? Like, it's, it's been, it's been a hot minute. You know, we don't want to turn to a video games podcast. So we're going to never settle for y'all. I, I recommend Waypoint Radio if you're into that kind of thing. That's my recommendation for video game podcast. If you if you're into like you know, shout outs to Austin Walker uh, and the rest of the Waypoint crew. Uh, but yes, we're gonna start with uh, with with a phone, and this time it is gonna be a OnePlus phone. And OnePlus has uh, announced uh, they have they have mentioned pricing uh, for a mid range device called the OnePlus Nord. Which is priced at around four hundred and fifty dollars US, and and guess what? It is not launching in the in the US, right? It is actually only launching in Europe and in India. So so like, let's talk about this device. Like, this is a mid range device, ninety hertz display, uh, a Snapdragon seven sixty five G, a eight GB of RAM. 128 gigs of, of, of UFS 2.1 storage and, uh, and a 4,100 milliamp hour battery. A perfectly reasonable mid-range phone. And we, and the US is not getting it. And I, I really wish this actually, you know, existed in the US because I think it's, it's pretty good pricing for this kind of phone. Like it would be pretty cool to have this in the, in the US. Uh, like I, I, like what do you think? Like it's, it looks, looks fine. So I would say when when the SE the new SE came out, right? We were just like, there's really nothing that compares this on the Android side except maybe the Pixel 3a. Well, the Pixel 3a is no longer available for sale, so now there truthfully is not like a phone on the Android side that is that cheap that I'd recommend. Because while there are cheaper Android phones, please don't get in my mentions about this. I know there are cheaper Android phones, <laughs> like a Nokia, like they don't get updated, right? Like there's not that guarantee. Whereas at the very least, One Plus does shitty things a lot but your phone will be supported for a fair amount of time right if you do buy a oneplus phone but you know you know it's a real fucky thing about this right you know it's the only reason it's really not coming to the u.s well there's two reasons one this phone's so cheap because it does not support all the 5g bands that u.s carriers require and two oneplus is has a very good carrier deal right now with their more expensive phone so if they were to bring it to the u.s and sell it unlocked that would make the carrier partners mad so they don't want to do that so that's why they're not bringing it here they don't want to jeopardize the the carrier relationships they have they're built in the in the in the, in the u.s uh okay i mean they don't want to cannibalize their own like sales of, the, of their high-end devices okay sure uh like apparently they're doing like a limited beta program where like 50 North American users can like get the phone. Like, I guess they want to bring it to North America at some point, just not right now. Like, well, I, I mean, I the MKBHD had an interview with like the guy running this project and he was like, this phone specifically will not be coming, but maybe future ones will. And the Nord series, because Nord's basically going to be their budget series now. Could ultimately, if you look at the specs of this, I actually think for like, 400 450 us it's actually not not a bad phone in terms of what you get with it it's a decent it's a pretty decent like everything everything is it looks looks fine to me like uh, the snapdragon 765 g is that like so it's basically in terms of performance it's i 
the way that I've seen from reviews is you would want to you you'd probably be safe to describe it as a lower or like a a bend or or not bend I guess whatever like version lower bend yeah no no you're right or lower bend eight sixty five right like the one the add one the, yeah a series up to it just a low, like a bend version of that that doesn't have all the cores enabled so it's basically like pretty performant but just not as performant but it's close enough it's right? close it's good enough for a mid range phone right like that's 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 the thing. Yeah, I would like. I I would imagine if you really wanted this phone in North America, you could probably get it imported at a higher, at a higher. But then bands, right? That's the problem. This isn't a global phone in terms of the band support. So if you get it in North America, it maybe might work in some places. I mean, it might work on GSM bands. Like all all the GSM bands will probably work. Don't don't quote me on that. If you probably want to check what bands are required on your carrier and what bands this supports. But because this is a Snapdragon chip and it's a GSM phone, uh, because it's not like in India and Europe, uh, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna support like the base level of brands. So make sure you if you want to import this, you wanna like you wanna check if your carrier what carrier. Uh, especially if you're on T-Mobile, certain bands are not available on every phone, and some bands. No, no, that's that's it. That's changed now since they bought Sprint. They now expand that out. But the thing with this phone, though, is that the the nice part about it, rather, is because remember, like the reason that the Galaxy S20 Ultra Drip Edition, right, was so expensive, is that a Samsung wanted profit margin, but b Qualcomm this year, if you have the 865. You get you have to buy a separate 5G modem, right? Not integrated one, but the 765 has an integrated 5G modem, so you get more battery out of the phones. There's not powering an entirely separate radio, right? It's built into the SoC. Right, 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 right. So it's 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 like it probably, but it won't probably work with 5G in in North America. But no, it it won't work if um millimeter wave 5G. I think it works with the lower band or higher band. It works with the 5G that's just like amped up 4G, but it doesn't work with like the uh, fancy. If you wave your hand in front of the radio waves it'll cut your signal out 5g i mean most people i don't think like especially if you're buying a mid-range phone i don't think you're in the market for 5g right you want you want like a solid like mid-range device you don't really care about uh 5g so i don't think like the the loss like the lack of 5g in north america is like a deal breaker for this phone uh most people are still using phones with with lte right so it's 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 fine it doesn't have like the although the, I want to just yell about OnePlus's marketing for a quick second. They have with download speeds up to three point three eight gigabits per second with an asterisk there. It puts broadband to shame. In what conditions are you ever going to get three point three eight gigabyte? Never, gigabits absolutely on never. Oh, only in a lab condition where you're literally the phone is right next to the to the to the to the uh, fucking. Uh, to the to the signal and it's in a Faraday cage, uh, sitting next to the antenna and like never nowhere else it's gonna. That's a theoretical limit, and even then it might not actually reach. Oh no! Oh, they have the they have. I found the asterisk at the bottom of the page. Three point three eight gigabits per second. Am I saying it right? Gigabits right? Because it's not working. Okay, is the theoretical downstream network bandwidth of the Qualcomm Snapdragon seven sixty five processor? <laughs> yeah, it's a theoretical on the on the on the, on the physical device, like the the fee as it, as it's the term is. Uh, it's like the the PHY as as it's called. Like it's the it's the it's the theoretical limit. Like it is like on on how Wi Fi routers are marketed, which is I always pisses me off because people really like it's really misleading to market like the at theoretical speed as your actual speed, in my opinion. Uh, but they like. It's that's the same sort of like I don't, like I'm not a fan of that marketing, but it's not limited to one plus. It's not a uniquely one plus thing to do. It's it's a very uh, network hardware like 
consumer network hardware vendor thing to do is to is to give the theoretical limit on the, on the advertising and people are like oh that's so high but it's like you're never actually going to see that like it's it's never going to happen you like it's- i mean it's the same thing with physical cables too if you think about it right like if you look at thunderbolt right like thunderbolt technically is 40 gigabit per second but at the same time well if you have one thunderbolt controller on your pc you're actually getting four you have four usb-c ports right it's actually 40 gigabit per second split by four if you have four things plugged in right 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 so you got to think about the bus uh that's on like era. so that's that's not yeah, it's, it's it's yeah i hope nobody is fooled by those theoretical numbers because it is indeed theoretical uh, it is a USB-C. It has all the standard stuff: USB-C port, NFC. Uh, there's an in-screen optical fingerprint reader. Single. Wait, this speaker. one doesn't have NFC. I think. I think this one doesn't have it. It says it has NFC. Oh, it has it. I'm a liar. Yeah, it, it, is, it's, it says like the Archstack article says it has. It's, it's a OnePlus uh, phone, so I always assume they don't have NFC. No, they, they have an NFC. Oh no, it's wireless it charging. Right, it doesn't have. It doesn't have wireless charging. It, I don't think it has wireless charging. Which, no. but I mean, for a budget uh, phone, that's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 fine. Uh, it runs Android 10. Uh, two years of updates, major OS updates, three years of security updates. Uh, I, I think it's better, uh, better than Samsung. Better than Samsung. And also, like, like the, the updates won't be monthly, right? The security updates are not monthly, according yeah, to Yeah, OnePlus is, uh, uh, not great at doing monthly security updates, which is, it's, yeah, it's not, not a good. Okay. Good so job. don't expect that if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna pick this up if you're in Europe. Uh, I know we have some listeners in, in, in that region. Uh, that might be interested in a phone like this. So yeah, so don't expect the monthly update. So that's that's the like what like compared to the like in like the iPhone SE is still such a huge player in this market, in this sort of mid-range market. Well in the US, right? I think we it's, it's become more apparent now in that Europe, right? The pricing for the iPhone SE is just far higher than it is over here. Yeah, and it's it's not as competitive as it's in Europe or in, in India, whereas the Indian phone market is extremely competitive. Uh at the pricing especially like Jami and like, you know, those other vendors are like pricing phones really competitively. So like the the, the pricing is the pricing structure is, it differs a lot from what we what we expect here in North America from what what is what is the norm in in India or in Europe. Uh, so that's that's the that's the OnePlus Nord. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, okay. Let's let's talk about your favorite topic. Let's talk about the Stadia controller uh, because apparently, topic. I mean, I, I'm not like I'm not actually I'm 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 like I'm like I I don't think it's like a bad controller. We can talk about the controller. So so let's what happened was you picked up a you picked up a, a Stadia set I guess right like the yeah I picked up the um the the Stadia Premier Edition, which basically just includes a Chromecast Ultra and this controller. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I feel like we all love controller discourse, you know? Like, I, that's, that's uh, everyone loves good controller discourse because as me and you both agree on, the PlayStation controller is always the worst out of the bunch. Yes. But, um. <laughs> and, you know, someone on Mastodon did tell me that it's pretty hard to fuck up a controller in 2020. And we can, I, I don't agree with that take uh, because with this controller, right? So there's there's actually quite a bit of a few bit of interesting things about this controller compared to other controllers because I mean obviously it is a video game controller but this one works over Wi-Fi instead of using the custom like 2.4 gigahertz protocols that like the Xbox and PS4 use. It's not it's not like or Bluetooth right? It's it's it uses it uses uh wi- I guess Wi-Fi like 
like Wi-Fi to talk to your Chromecast Ultra, right? Well, it's Wi-Fi to talk to the server, and the server then talks to the Ultra. Like, there's no co- there's no actual communication Why? I think between this okay, and the Chromecast I mean, let me, itself. Let me, let, me, let me talk. Like that's like already. I'm I have several problems with this. Yeah. So here's the pairing process, right? So let's say you you're in a Chromecast and you want to load up Stadia. So basically, you open the Stadia app, right? to um go ahead and start and turn on the game on your chromecast right like how you would for like youtube or whatever on a chromecast and then it pops up saying hey on your controller tap turn on the controller and tap this button combination so just four buttons you hit and then it'll take and then it'll just pair to that device and then say if you want to play on your laptop you just say pair controller and it'll pop up another button combination you hold down the state the um, pairing button on the controller and just put in that combination and it moves it over to that you device. know that's that's actually very a very smart way of pairing uh, because it, it removes the whole thing where like, uh, is this paired with this device? Like you have to do the pairing, the pairing sequence on Xbox one controllers is always like a little bit like, it's not terrible, but it's not like the best, like ideal situation. Like this, this, I feels- mean, you're playing, you're playing like the Bluetooth pairing game where you just kind of have to like, keep, make sure you press each button at the same time and they see each other. Right. I'm reading the tech specs on this controller and it does mention that it does have Bluetooth, but it's uh, not enabled right now. It's not. It's not enabled. Okay. Like it, it says it has Bluetooth low energy 4.2. Uh, what is that? Like it's not used for anything. Like it's, it's there like on the chipset, but it's, it's not yeah, actually. They used. said they okay. may enable it in a future update, but as of right now, if you're going to use a PC, it actually does work like as a regular PC controller. You just, it's USB C on it, right? So you can plug it into Windows or Linux and it'll just work as any other, like it sees it as like an Xbox it's, controller. It's like an X input controller, right? Yeah, it's right, like, like an X input okay. controller. Yeah. So it works with so that. It's USB C. Uh, so the battery is not removable right it's in, yeah it's, it's a rechargeable it battery a, okay uh that's one of those things about the xbox one controller that i'm always like i'm that's why i pref- like i like the xbox one controller is the is the removable batteries but, i think you're in the minority uh, too on this one. i'm probably like in the minority else. but like i just like using recharge like i can i have a i have a rechargeable battery thing like a dock where i can put batteries in and recharge them like you know that's that's the thing i have but like I, I like that system, and I, I can see why, like, to make the controller, like, more streamlined and, like, to make it, like, like sort of, like, less moving parts and less things that can break, et cetera, et cetera. Although I think it's important to talk about, too, like, the button feel, right, on this. So this controller has the standard button layout you would expect, right? A share button to share screenshots and all of that. And actually, this, this probably has the best sharing um, system out of any video game system. Cause it just, it just pops up on the app on your phone or on the website and you can easily put them on YouTube, right? Or just save the photo on like someone on <laughs> Nintendo. <coughs> wow. Sorry. Where you have to pull out a nice SD card, if I remember correctly, to get photos and videos off your console. Okay. So, so the process is, so if you want to, if you, if, okay. So if, first of all, if you don't have a, a micro SD card in your switch, there is the only way to get screenshots is to post them on, uh, on social media. There's no other way to get them off the device. But if you have a micro SD card, the, the device, like the Nintendo Switch saves the screenshots on those devices. And so what you have to do is you have to fully power off the device, take out the micro SD card, like, you know, plug it into your SD card reader, plug it in, plug the SD card reader into your computer, then copy copy the screenshots that you want you want to share and then share them and then put that micro SD card back into your switch like that is that is the flow uh, of sharing screenshots on the yeah yeah this this uh this gaming platforms of 2020 where you just go into the app you can save it to your photo library or just copy the photo or, or put the video on YouTube or whatever and you're done so it's nice there and 
with with regards to the layout. So this has the PS4 style layout, which I don't think is the correct layout for thumbsticks. But in its defense, it is a wider controller than the PS4 controller. It's actually a little wider than the Xbox controller. And I think it works for this thumbstick layout because you never get the feeling that your thumbs are about to touch, right? When you're playing a game. Like I've been playing... Um, there's some Odyssey and, of course, Destiny 2 because that's the only game I play. I'm actually not a video game player. I'm just a Destiny player now. But so it, it and it works fine and as well. It literally the thumbsticks are the exact same texture as the Xbox One thumbsticks, which is fine because I feel like that's the best way of doing thumbsticks instead of like how Sony has like that strange system on the PS4 thumbsticks. I've never been a fan of those. But as well, the buttons are clicky enough. The buttons have tactile feel. They're good there. And actually, the controller so. I don't think you have these Xbox controllers. The ones that have the, the textured backs on them, like the newer Xbox controllers. No, I, I have a, old, a really old one at this point. Yeah, uh, so the newer the, ones have like, there's two types of plastic. On the front of it, it's like a more softer plastic. And on the back of it, it has it's a textured plastic. So it's actually pretty grippy. and fits in your hand fairly nicely. Like I'm actually a fan of this controller. And I'm surprised that for Google's first attempt at a controller, they didn't fuck it up. Like this is a good controller. So, so how 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 do you how do you feel about the weight? Like, what's the weight feel like? To is it like too? Is it light? Is it is it? Uh, like, let me actually. I have the control my hand. Let me grab my Xbox controller real quick because I feel like that'd be a good point of comparison for you. Yeah, and yeah. Like I think the Xbox controller is 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 it's it's big, but it's not too heavy. This is lighter than the Xbox controller. Okay, so oh, okay, so it's pretty light then. Like I, I like in in the, in terms of lightness, I think. The PS4 controller is pretty light. Uh, like the DualShock 4 is pretty light. The the Switch Pro controller is probably the heaviest of the controllers that I have. Uh, I think it's because of the HD rumble system, right? Like it actually has weights in there for yeah, it, doing all the like rumble the stuff. battery is bigger on the Switch Pro controller, I believe, as well. Uh, so it is heavier. Also, because this is made by Google, it does have the Google Assistant on it. There is a Google Assistant button. I have no idea why. I don't know why it's there. Like, it's cool. I mean, if anything, it gives you the ability to do voice chat in games without with just plugging in headphones, right? You don't need to have a headset because you can use the microphone on the controller itself. So when you're blasting Drake playing Destiny, you know, you, everyone else can hear you blast Drake. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, it uses the Xbox One uh, button layout on the, uh, the X, Y, A, B buttons, right? Like, okay, not the Switch weird, the Switch one. Yeah, but the triggers like a Sony controller. It has a Sony style triggers where they they go down or like they curve down rather on the L two and um, R two buttons. But ultimately, I think it feels good and like like we said, it works over Wi Fi and you get actually a couple of nice benefits from it. A audio quality when you're using it as a headphone in game because I have played lots of Xbox games using headphones plugged into the controller and audio quality has always been bad for for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because this is going over like 2.4 gigahertz. So anything and everything will cut the audio signal. It's very common to get choppy audio on the wireless controller. As, as an example, I, I use I use the PS4 controller to listen to the audio. Like I plug in my headphones into the PS4 controller because I, I actually don't like I don't use the TV for my PS4. It's con- it's connected to one of my one of my monitors, so I just switch the input. Uh, but to get audio, I have to actually like to get audio from the PS4 game. I have to actually plug in my headphones into the controller. And yeah, it is like the quality of the audio is definitely like a step below what the game what like a game would actually sound with prop like a, with proper speaker system or like an actual like non like a wired 
uh, USB audio device, like, like it would sound better, right? Yeah, because you can you uh, can hear the compression artifacts. Actually, I can since I do. A yeah, lot of audio I can work, hear. Right? It's like sometimes actually the compression artifacts, the compression actually will introduce glitches in the in the like, the, like sometimes the the audio cuts out for like a second, a little bit, like it, it'll glitch out because it's you know it is wireless Bluetooth, right? Like it will sometimes glitch out, and you can tell that it's not as a higher like the the, the fidelity of the audio is not as good as it would be if it was not Bluetooth. But with this controller, though, you don't get that issue because it's over Wi-Fi, so you're just getting like a nice higher bitrate stream to the so, controller. So that's the question I have: is is the audio being sent locally via the Chromecast? Like, is the Chromecast sending? It is not. It's being sent from Google servers because I can tell you why. I did a test actually. I put I put it on e- Wi-Fi. I put the Chromecast because I my Chromecast on Ethernet, of course, because I'm not a savage. I put it on Wi-Fi because I'm like the game's gonna stutter sometimes, right? When it's on Wi-Fi, Ethernet streaming's always been good for me. Like I never get drops or whatever. But I know over Wi-Fi because it's Wi-Fi, we're gonna get jitter eventually, right? And if it was, if it was being sent from the Chromecast, then my headphones would hear the skips as well, right? Because if the stream cuts out, then the audio is going to cut out, but it does not. I was playing it over Wi-Fi, and while when like in a, an Odyssey, right or whatever, if it skipped the scene, I would still hear the audio fine through my headphones. I I'm extremely curious about the networking characteristics of the Stadia devices, like and how Stadia actually works in your in, like is it all through the cloud servers or is there something that's been done locally? Because I am really curious actually to about how this works. Well, I mean, I think for like the audio part of it, right? You would know piece you can. Audio streaming audio over the internet is going to have less latency in streaming video, right? So you can probably gauge what's the average latency for the video feed and then just like on the controller, right? Have like in software delaying the audio feed so it matches up with the video feed that's being on the TV. Right. If it syncs. So, okay. So the, okay. Uh, that's, so that's why this device is on Wi Fi. And like, like, has there been problems with the Wi-Fi thing? Like, is, is there been like where, like, because of Wi-Fi being Wi-Fi, like, you know, interference or uh, whatever other, like, if you're on five gigahertz, I would assume, right? It would be yeah. pretty good. I'm on five gigahertz and I haven't had an issue yet with it. And I've been playing a whole bunch of games on this since I got it earlier in the week. The thing too is, I've actually had more problems playing like GeForce Now or Stadia over a Bluetooth controller just in my own bedroom than I've had than I've had with like this controller because that right because it's over Bluetooth you always get like the, the the controller drops for a moment so your input stop working right for a quick second whereas I haven't had any issues on this controller with that. So I, you have the clearly white one, right? <laughs> the fuck. Let's talk about the color names for a second. Um, clearly white, just black and wasabi i wanted a wasabi color but if you buy the so you get a discount if you buy the controller with the chromecast right and that's only offered in the white color like if i could have just if i already had a chromecast i would have just gotten the wasabi one because i think that color combination actually looks fire yeah yeah i think the wasabi one looks looks pretty dope uh some of these names like just black and clearly white. I mean, Google does uh, that for the Pixel too, right? It's the exact same color names as the Pixel yeah, it's, devices. It's just very, very strange. Um, so that's. I mean, is there anything else? Like it's Stadia, right? It's 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 working as you expected. I think mostly. Uh, yeah, like I said, like I mean, I guess like my the general rule I have is. If you are someone who, well, actually, firstly, I am now officially a Linux gamer. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for the congratulations. I am actually the only Linux gamer in existence. I'm the most Linux of Linux gamers. But besides that, the the general rule of thumb is if the games you want are on a streaming service and you have a wired internet connection, 
and you don't want to spend a lot of money on like a gaming setup, I would actually say like if you have like a hundred down or fifty down in your house, right, and you are okay with not like owning a console or you don't want to spend $500 for a new console and you only want to spend $100, this is a perfectly serviceable gaming option. The big caveat here is if you have wired internet to a Chromecast. If you don't, just spend $200 on an Xbox or a Switch. But otherwise, yeah, sure. Why not? Like I, This works well enough. This gets my stamp of approval for what it is. This is like an iPad of video games, right? It's It's... And it has the limitations the same way, right? Like the same way that like Apple bloggers have, have you seen Federico's post about like podcasting on the iPad and like the wild ass setup he has? In the podcasting <laughs> yeah, see, on it? I, I've, I've heard, I think I've heard him talk about his setup. It's, it's a, it's wild. Uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Like it's like, I just have doubts about Google's like long-term like plans for Stadia. Like I always, like with Google, it's always about, what, not whether they can execute the service properly. It's more about whether they can keep that service like a stable service. Like I, I would be hesitant to invest in something like this instead of the project, like something like Project X Cloud. Like I would. No, uh, no, totally understandable. My thing is the only reason I feel comfortable joining in on this is just because they've been putting out a bunch of like developer posts on like how they keep building up dev tools for this. And I feel like if this is a project that was going to be abandoned, they wouldn't sign on Ubisoft, right? To use this as like a development tool in house. Like Ubisoft uses this for prototyping games and stuff, right? So like there, and also Bungie does and other studios are starting to use this for prototyping games. So if anything, there's, there's going to be support there. I just have a lot of doubt with Google's. No, I get it. I mean, it's it's Google, like they still killed Google Reader. It's I, no, not even that. just Google. It's just Google's ability to like commit to a service long term is uh, is is questionable for a lot of things. So it is like it is with much doubt. Like I like somebody who's looking into the streaming service, like streaming game service thing right now would I think like be wise to wait till Project X Cloud comes out. I, oh no, definitely. Like my my advice is like outside of so. I guess to walk back a little bit, I said, like, if you are someone who right now has a trash PC and you own games on Steam, just pay $5 a month for GeForce now because that'll still be a better experience, even with the input latency with you if you're $300 like Acer laptop, right? That can't play Minecraft at like only 20 frames per second. Like, you're going to, the input latency is still a better time over, say, what you're getting locally. But if you are someone who, just doesn't play many video games, right? And has maybe has like an old console. Like this is something to look into if you the games there are there and right. And if you don't want to spend five hundred dollars on the Series X or PS5. So that's that's the Stadia controller. Uh that's our controller discourse for 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 the day. Um, if you have any feedback about my opinions on how bad the DualShock controller line is, please at me at packacat at 10forward.social. I'd love to hear your opinions on video game controllers. I I I I mean I've been I've been playing uh on the PS4 a lot recently with Ghost of Tsushima, so I've been the Xbox the PS4, PS4 controller is is something I've been using a lot. Uh, it's it's uh, it's fine, uh, but I mean, I'm, like, I'm if you could pick another controller, would you? Like, yes, I mean, obviously, like it, 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 it's one. not my preferred one, but it's not like I hate it. Uh, it's just it's just not the best. It's just not not the best. It's, I mean, yeah, like is. it's a serviceable controller. Like, unlike the Joy Cons that are actually unusable trash. Yeah, the Joy Cons like, are is- actually <laughs> trash. Like, it's like obj- I think it's objectively bad, which is not a thing I would say with controllers a lot. I mean, 
maybe it's not objectively bad, but like if you have fingers that are not a child's fingers, I think like you would say it is the buttons are very very small. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, I, have, I have a question for you. What do you think is worse, that Apple TV controller or the Joy Cons? I have never used the Apple TV controller, so I can't. It really, looks. As, have like, you seen a photo of it? Because I own yeah, one. Yeah, I've it seen as, photos. It of looks it. as it's bad the, as it looks in photos. It feels as bad as it looks in photos. Okay, so I mean, I, like I would say the Joy Cons are probably worse because it's like a like a primary way of interacting with the device and and the apple tv you probably don't have to use the remote as much as you would when you're playing a game with the joy well actually yeah that's true because you can always use your phone too as a remote with the apple right TV. right so you're like yeah so the joy cons are, are like worse in that way because you're going to be using it more so it being worse is actually more effect like more more it affects your uh you enjoy a bit of the of the thing so let's let's talk about more video games uh this week was um microsoft's chance to show off trailers uh uh they called it uh what did they call it uh the showcase xbox showcase that what they called i it? mean they uh, called it the xbox showcase but let's be real as i put in the show notes this was really the microsoft games pass sizzle roll for 2020 yeah it's it, it it was so so let's talk just like not not even talking about the games right now we're just talking about the event like the event itself was extremely uneventful uh as as the polygon headline put it, it it's it's correct um it is just like, like, it's just not much. It's just a bunch of trailers, as you mentioned. It is just, uh, they just wanted to hype up Games Pass a lot. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not, it's not that great. It was not that great of a event, uh, I would, I would think. Uh, so. What else is there to talk about in the event? Is there anything specific? Well, actually, what the event... So I guess we we have to look at it one of two ways, right? If you look at it as, this is a sales pitch for a Series X, absolute failure. But if you look at it as, this is showing what's going to come up later in the year on Games Pass, and here are some games that you can already get today if you pay the 5 bucks on PC or 10 bucks on console, right? It was an absolute success because even if I can't play them until a little bit later, every single there's games here that if I, as a Games Pass subscriber, I'm like, oh, I checked that out. Oh, that looks cool. And I'm making a note of it, right? So they actually succeeded in that. But anything with the new console, they, I don't like if we've been we spent like I think half an hour talking about before we hit record. I don't even I don't think they care about the new console at all. Honestly, they sort of see it as like yeah, this is our our console. This generation, this is going to be what the console is going to look like. This is going to be like a console is going to deliver this higher higher fidelity, higher like higher like everything based high resolution, and like it's going to do that. But it's not the focal point of their fo- like advertising push. It seems and the focal point of their advertising push is Games Pass. Like Games Pass is the thing that they are really emphasizing. They are really like, hey, uh, if if you have Games Pass, you can get all these all these games like day one, you know, stuff like that. Like it's it's going to be the 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 tantalizing part of this like they want people to subscribe for 9.99 a month uh and and like the service has already attracted like uh how much how many how many this it's a 10 million uh subscribers which is which is a significant amount of recurring revenue for microsoft right like it's it's yeah it's it's like if you look at it's the same thing they're doing with the surface line right where it's like panos will make you a cool service and he's sure as hell is pumped to to sell it to you but ultimately they don't care they sell office 365 licenses to businesses and they sell windows licenses to oems so they don't care which way you're giving them money but preferably they'd want it on a monthly basis rather than you just buying the hardware once and never coming back to them right exactly like it is it's just, it's just like, it, it's just like another, like the, the Series X is just like their, it's just like a surface device, right? Like it's very nice looking, um, box. It has, it looks good, right? 
Um, it looks nice. It's uh, like it will it run all these all these games very 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 well. And that's it. That's that's it. That's all they're saying. It's just like this. Yeah, this is our this is our Surface device, basically. If you if you you can also play these games on X Cloud, you can also play these games on PC, right? So it's like they don't really care where you play them as long as you're playing them. Which is funny to me because if you look at like Sony's marketing, Sony's like, we have all these exclusives. And then literally Phil Spencer is just like, I don't, cool. You have Spider-Man. We have a service that we just like make a lot of money on. Cool shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they don't even, yeah, Phil Spencer is just like a yeah, Games Pass. Just Games Pass, bro. Like, I don't even have to say anything else. Like, Games Pass. Um, yeah, Phil Spencer's like, you want you want a 10-year-old game that came on the original Xbox? Fuck it. Games Pass. You want to play a 360 game? Fuck it. Games Pass. You want to play a really bad Crackdown 3 game for two hours? Fuck it. Games Pass. Yeah, it's like, it's like Games Pass is their answer to the generation, right? Like, they, they are focusing on that. Um, so... Let's talk about some of the games. Um, you wanted to talk about Crossfire X, I think. Uh, well, I want to talk about Crossfire X just in terms of not many people I've been seeing are talking about, it, but I actually think it's a pretty big game, not for the Western audience, though. Like, I think this would be a play for Microsoft to try and get xCloud and Games Pass and the Series X right into the Asian market more because Crossfire X is a very popular game at like PC Bank cafes in China, right? Like it's a very popular shooter over there that no one, I don't even think there's an official English release of the game. Honestly, it might be. I, 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 I've never heard of it before. You mentioned it today. So, uh, I'm certainly not aware of it. Smile, it's been developed by a Korean developer, right? Uh, uh, Smilegate. Yeah. Smilegate. Yeah. Let me see. I'm actually going to check real quick. Is there even like a, an English version of it? Oh, it looks like there is an English version of it. Uh, but yeah, this is a really big game. And so it's getting a single player campaign on Games Pass, PC, and Series X, right? Through, through, um, Remedy is making Remedy. It. Yeah. Remedy is doing the single player part, right? They're doing the, which is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what Remedy can do in a first person shooter campaign. Like, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, like, I, Remedy makes, like, I, I, like control was so good that the, I'm always looking forward to what Remedy does next right because their their way of delivering like vi- like visuals and story is is interesting to me uh so i'm i'm curious what they can do in a first person shooter model so uh that, that's 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 a, that's a thing like i i mean i'm whenever this comes out Sure, I'll I'll take a look at it. It's a first person shooter campaign. I, I love I love me some. And I mean, too, scene. as as we'll probably be saying later, like fuck it, you're paying five bucks for Games Pass right now. Might as well check it out, right? Might like, as well check it out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see when this comes out. It's just just a uh, just a reveal trailer at this point. Because um, everything is a fucking reveal trailer. We have to talk about that. Actually, I know you said you want to talk about the games, but the only game that got gameplay is Halo Infinite, which trust me, we'll get to. We'll get to. But but like. Everything else was just like a CGI trailer. So what do I have to go on, right? I can, let's see, I can say Everwild, the new Rare game looks nice, but what did we get? We got like some pre-rendered cutscenes. Sure, the art style is good, but what can I tell you? Even Fable, right? Okay, Fable, I can take a shot in the dark and say, I trust Playgrounds game because Forza Horizon has been great. And so I have a feeling they might make a good Fable game, but I don't know because I haven't seen anything. So I like, what even is there to talk about with this event except, hmm, that looks interesting and nothing else? It's just, but yeah, it's a sizzle reel of trailers. This, I, I guess a lot of these developers are not ready. I think the. I think the Ori of the Blind Forest even didn't have that much gameplay footage, right? Like, it was well, I mean, just it's already little... out. It's just that they're saying yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a 120 just... FPS patch on Series yeah. X. Yeah, the the Ori, the Ori, the Ori, the Ori latest Ori game is gonna is gonna run even smoother. It's just great. That's fine. Um, so let's talk about Halo, right? Is that is that? I think that's what everybody's here for is Halo. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're no, we're, we're moving past Microsoft's new console, the Games Pass subscription. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Let's move yeah, on to it's Halo. Like, it's it's Halo time. Um, so that's it, Halo was the first thing they they put in this in this in this showcase. Um and it, it is because that's the most significant thing they had to show in this showcase. So they put it first, uh, which which is not the best player thing. You'd put the thing last, I would think. But uh, it it just looked like uh, it, okay. First things, let's get the first thing. It's we're getting open world hill, folks. It's, Are we? It, it, they haven't confirmed it. That's the thing. There's two. It, it looks open world. It smells open world. But right, this is why I think I mentioned to you earlier before we started recording. Is this an Ubisoft Far Cry Assassin's Creed style open world game, or is this like Metroid Prime? Because Metroid Prime is objectively a good game. I know you haven't played it, and I've been telling you if it ever comes to Switch, you should buy it because you will love Metroid Prime. It is extremely your shit. But Metroid Prime is like a first-person shooter in very open maps, but it's like specific worlds, right? So you have like a central hub area, and you go to each world right in that hub area, and you get new abilities. And as you progress through the game, you can backtrack and you can go to different areas of prior worlds with your new abilities. So while it's open world-ish, it's not exactly an open world game, right? It's a Metroidvania style game. And if Halo Infinite is that, I feel like that's actually dope. I'm actually here to see how that would work. But if it's fully open world where we go, if there's fucking towers in this game, I'm out. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh my God. I hope there's no towers. I hope that's not a thing Microsoft is picking up again because that's a trope. That should be left in left in the left in that past era of Ubisoft games. Like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna do that again. Like yeah, so like like they should like the first one of the first things they showed in this was like the map. And I was like, okay, that looks like uh that looks like kind of open it kind of looks like the map from Gears, Gears Five, right? Like to me it kind of looked like the map from Gears Five. which is Gears Five is not an open world game, right? So I Yeah, it just I, has like I, hub areas, right? That closes out. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure if this is actually going to be an open world game. Um, so we're not hundred percent sure. Uh, so it is. It is on a. It is on a, another Halo rank. Um, I think. I think is it time for the Halo lore cor- corner? Should I maybe bring everyone up to speed? Okay. All right. So this is the most up to date in the timeline. And 343 has fixed their prior sins of saying you need to read the prior books or whatever to know the story because they did a time jump, which, you know, out of all the ways they could have retconned things, I'm okay with that. This is, this is not picking up from the Halo 5 story. Just say outright. This is, this is his entire own thing. They called it a soft reboot. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's throw away the Halo 5. If Halo 5 story gets entirely retconned from this game, like let's say Master Chief was asleep the entire time Halo 5 happened. It was a dream sequence, right? I'm here for it because none of those plot lines should be continued what they're actually continuing though is that in the rts game halo wars 2 which is also available on games pass <laughs> is that you um you wake up from stasis from the original ship from halo wars 1 halos War 1 happened before at all the halo games right halo wars 2 happens after halo 4 and you wake up and you find this new sect of the covenant called the banished it's like this old new radical sect of the covenant um and you go ahead and you know fight them throughout the game, and you have a leader called Atrix. And if I remember correctly, in the game, you kill Atrix at the end of the game, or he disappears onto a new Halo ring that has been discovered. And by the way, um, people know you're going to love this. You also unleash a flood midway through, and the flood are on this Halo ring. The flood are absolutely on this Halo ring. That's that was confirmed in Halo Wars too. So the flood are going to be coming back. But at the end of Halo Wars two, there also is a 
it's implied that Cortana also went to this ring at the end of Halo 5. So this game picks up with somehow a hole being blown through this ring. And it's been like a year and a half or whatever since some day we lost everything according to the trailer so that's where we're at so there's no books that'll explain what's going on right here they literally have to explain it all in game because there's no other material except for the fact that this sect was introduced in an rts game but ultimately the plot points of that game where we found a new halo ring at the end of it nothing else really came out of that game that's relevant to this uh, game okay so we, we like they they basically have a mostly a blank slate to start from here. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's okay because, uh, Halo 5 was, uh, questionable in many ways, right? Uh, not, not a, not a great time, not a great time from a story perspective. Very confusing, especially if you didn't follow the external materials. I mean, honestly, even if you uh, didn't follow the external materials, it was still yeah, confusing. Yeah. Even if you did, it was not, not, not good. Um, so that's the lore. What did you think of the gameplay that they showed? Like, uh, like it just looks like more Halo Five ish uh, gameplay. I need I need someone to tell me if this is open world or not because I can't. Like I said, if it if it's if it's like a Metroid Prime game, then I actually think having a grapple hook, having these abilities, is a good thing. But if this is just like Assassin's Creed style open world game where we give you movement abilities, because oops, we might have made the world a little bit too big, so you need to speed up movement throughout the you know levels, then. I don't care, right? Like, if I wanted a Far Cry game, I would go buy a Far Cry game. But that's not what I come to Halo for. Right, right, right. That's that's, that's also my thing. Like, I, I, I come to Halo to play mostly the single player campaign, the shooter campaign, right? And like, open world is not what I, what I like. I, I love my, like, I love me, I love me some open world games. Like, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now. That I'm enjoying that greatly. But that's not the same thing I expect from Halo, right? That's not the the expectations are uh, way off. Uh, uh, like that, yeah. That's like, do you have like an upgrade tree for your grappling hook? Is that what's going to happen? Like, we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's an argument to be made, right? That sure, shooter campaigns can and should change, but at the same time, what was like the last good like linear shooter campaign? Doom Eternal. What else? It's not as if, right? It's not as if this is like shooters are like some saturated market right now, where there are many campaigns. <laughs> there's actually been no Halo like games that have came out since Halo Five. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a saturated market. In fact, it's just Doom Eternal. Uh, and it's like even though even the new Wolfenstein went in a more RPG direction, which is not i think is very very asinine and it's it was not a thing that they should have done i think should have stuck to more basic just no need to add rpg mechanics to your fucking first person campaign shooter campaign like that's it's i'm not a fan of it but like so it's only doom right right now so and then this this looks like it might not be like doom even though some of the guns do look like doom so let's talk about the visuals then um Everybody's talking about the visuals. The visuals are a big point of uh, discussion right now because it is it, it like people are just like this is not this is this is not what a this is not what a next gen game looks like. You know, this is not a next. But, gen. but I think it's important to note right that this is a game that was totally built with the original Xbox One in mind. Because think about it, this game started development after Halo Five. Guess what wasn't out when Halo 5 had just released? The One X, any RTX, you know, cards, right? We were still on like the 1060, 1080 lines of GPUs, nor did we have Ryzen as a thing, right? In terms of hardware. So the original spec of this was built for consoles with the ability to scale up, right? If we needed. But that means that your game design decisions, like of how you do lighting, how you pop or draw in things, right? How you have textures look 
you were building with like a old ass 2013 AMD GPU in mind and not anything modern. So sure, it'll scale up to the Series X, but it's like just bumping up texture quality settings and stuff, right? It's it's even visuals. Like they even said, right? Ray tracing is not coming at launch. It's going to come in a later patch. So what we're seeing right now is just like a higher fidelity and higher resolution version of a game designed for the base Xbox One, which in that case, I actually don't think is bad. But what I think is the issue is that it just looks a little uninspired, right? Like it looks like Halo, but it just, it, I don't... And some of, some people have have criticized it for looking like like the textures, like the enemies, and some of the textures looking like plastic, right? Like a sort of plastic key. Um, I think the best uh, description I saw, someone was like, "This game looks like it was made in the Forge editor on Halo." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's uh, that's this. Uh, I mean. I am like I'm not like too concerned about the visuals right now. Like it, it's obviously incomplete. It feels like, especially with the LOD issues that that are popping up in the in the trailer, right? Because like, it's important to note too that this was running on a PC. This is not running on Series X. This is running on like a Core i nine and RTX twenty eighty. Basically, your PC, right? This is how this is a build running at four K sixty on your computer, basically. Oh, I see. So it is not even okay. All right. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm not. This is not. I hope this is not representative of what is going to be the final, the final product uh, that this game is going to come out in. And and that's like that's the thing. I'm like this thing I'm concerned about is this game is coming out when this coming out in November. Uh, Early November. November is when the Series X comes out and doesn't look done right. I don't think yeah, this it game doesn't is done. look finished. Which uh, I they are going to cut it close, like they cut it close with Halo Five. And Master Chief Collection again. This is the third collection. time. Um, they're they not going to learn from their mistakes from those those two releases. Uh, is is that what is going to happen? Is we going to have a rough Halo release again at launch? That's not going to be good. Like that's like, they're not even showing multiplayer, right? And think about it like this. Sure, maybe multiplayer not, might not be done, but you know. This is my armchair take, right? I do not make video games, so fair enough. Y'all can strike me down for that. But I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say, oh, three months before your game launches, you might, you might should be in, you know, the network testing stages or your multiplayer design and not like any actual gameplay stuff, right? It probably should be tweaking at that point and making sure the network system can handle, you know, matchmaking and not really, oh, we can't show this to the public yet because it's just not ready. What if, what if, hear me out, what if they launch this game in November, but there's no multiplayer? What what happens to like what what if the multiplayer is just not ready yet and they don't want to they they want to launch the game but they only launch it with a single player campaign? You know you know what that means, right? That means a single player campaign has to be very good to make this game good, right? It's because with Halo Five, the argument's always been, hey, single player's trash, but and me and you both agree on this, right? That multiplayer is good in that game. Like multiplayer's always been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Halo Five multiplayer is 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 pretty good. But um, if like Halo Five was just a campaign, I'd just be like. Don't even bother playing this game. Oh ever. my it's god! No yeah, if, if Halo Five was just the campaign, I would be like, never buy this game. Like, just, just don't. This, just, just if you have it on Game Pass, just you know, like, try it. Try play the campaign if you really want to fight the fucking. What was that forerunner enemy that comes up like a the warden? Time? The, 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 the warden. Fucking fucking warden. Oh my god! Warden. Wanna, three four three. No more wardens in this game. There's no more warden wardens, please. Like, I don't want to fight an, another warden ever in my life. Uh, three four three, please. Uh, I don't mind fighting for runner, just just not the fucking warden like a ten billion times. Um, but yeah, uh, it, this is my concern: is that I like what we are not like. I'm not entirely sure what the design of the game is. 
and like if it's gonna be open worldish, if it's gonna be like more like a Metroid, or if it's like if it is gonna come out completely finished, it's on launch, which is seeming unlikely at the rate this is like what what are we looking at? And and especially considering three four three's blog post, right? Where they mention multiple times that this is a growing process and it's gonna be an evolutionary game and it's they're not ready for flighting. They're not ready to talk about flighting. They're not ready to share details on launch dates. They're not ready to, you know, they're not, they're saying that there's still lots of work to be done. Like 343 is phrasing this as a, this is going to be a rough landing when this game comes out, which I mean, and, and once again, this comes back to our prior point of if this launches with the console, right? I think then the game's a failure if the game's not good. But if 343 was just saying, hey, this is going to be out, the campaign's going to come out first on Games Pass, and then as soon as we're done with the multiplayer, we'll bring that there, it once again changes the conversation, right? Because at that point, if it's just like, oh, campaign's out early on Games Pass, and then multiplayer will be coming out later date, maybe it's free to play, maybe it's on Games Pass, right? Then we, I feel like that just changes how you think about the game. And ultimately, I think this comes back to the main point of the Series X, it doesn't really matter, right? It's literally just all about Games Pass. Yeah, it's 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 about Games Pass. That's that's what like I'm curious how this the multiplayer is going to be handled because we haven't heard about anything about that. And if it if it isn't gonna, if multiplayer is even going to exist on launch or if it's going to be a separate separate like package. Uh, like I I have many questions. I have a hot take. I have a hot take about Games Pass and this game. Right. I feel like Microsoft's play is because microtransactions in Halo Five earned them lots of money. I think I was reading an article. It's like a million dollars. They got like the first week of the game in rec packs alone. I feel like this is the play for the first-party studios because this is also how Sea of Thieves works, right? This game launches in what we would call early access, but who cares? Because they don't care about selling copies. They care about bringing in subscribers. So what they do with Halo Infinite is it launches with a campaign and they just keep updating, adding content to it. And then, you know, keep having like rec packs and stuff for cosmetics or for like a multiplayer mode. Right. And it just changes game development entirely where it's no longer like this launch date. This is just episode one, right? This is just like a, like a crunchy roll series hitting, right? This is the first episode. We'll take feedback afterwards. Cause we're not done with it yet. So we can change later episodes while we still have stuff in development. Basically, I think we piece of Microsoft's business model and what we're seeing from this game for better or worse, I think a whole bunch of games this generation are going to start looking like Destiny. So games as a service. So we're going to get live services. That, Everything's going to be a service. And basically, it's just going to be continuously updated. And they're just, even if it's on Games Pass, right, there'll still be microtransactions or other expansions to buy. And I don't think, I don't think Microsoft too specifically cares about having a game looking amazing at launch. As long as people will play it, they'll say nice things about it in the press and they'll sign up for Games Pass and they'll pay the microtransactions. Because Gears 5, on Games Pass, but a bunch of weapon skins are behind paywalls, right? You don't earn weapon skins in that game, you buy them all. And ultimately, if Microsoft makes money from it, I don't think they care if the game's ready at launch, right? Right. They don't they don't seem to right. They they are they're going for the services model and they're going for the games as a service model as well. Uh, which as a Halo fan, I'm not like optimistic about what this means for Halo as a as a franchise. Uh like it, oh, like I, I should make it clear too. I'm not in favor of this plan. I just think that's how it's going to work because la 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 capitalism, right? I think that's how it's going to work, but I don't think it's a good play. Like I don't think doing this of Halo is the right way to take the series. But I mean, based off of what I'm seeing here, that's what I feel like they're going. I feel like they're going to go for that because, well, oh my God, what if like what if the game 
what if it's like a short single player campaign that ends in a cliffhanger and then they're like oh yeah keep paying for games pass we're gonna add the rest of it later on because we're not done with it yet oh my god they gotta fuck you i it's i'm like i it's just i know this is the reality of games in our current times but like it just i'm not i'm not i'm not with it i'm not i'm not a big, big fan of this this kind of development model like it's just i in some ways, it's more sustainable, maybe. Like, maybe it's more sustainable for developers as, as to have a game that is being updated over a period of years, right? Like, to have it not be a, like a single push to release and have that be the finished product. Uh, like, maybe it's more sustainable for developers. I don't know. Knowing the game industry, it maybe isn't because game industry is trash. Well, I mean, um, it's it's enabled Overwatch to continue as long as it has, right? Like, boot I mean, boxes Overwatch are what's is driving the game. game, though. Like, that's I mean, not the. I well, mean, it's it similar is, to yes. this because this is going to have a multiplayer component to it, and microtransactions are going to drive that multiplayer. You know, the multiplayer yeah, that's, part that's, of this that's, game. That's a given, pretty much. Yeah, like the, the microtransactions are gonna be in the in the multiplayer. That's like I would be surprised if there weren't microtransactions in the multiplayer. Game. Uh, oh, I guess I have a question for you then. Okay, so if a game is on Games Pass, right, and this is how you're interacting with it, are you more disgusted at it having like fee to pay features, like how Jim Sterling says, right? But you're not, you didn't pay full price for it. But yes, it's still I on. mean, I'm still disgusted at it at, at a more base, on a baseline. I'm still disgusted at it because it is predatory, right? Like it's not because of a of like what the game is going to be like if it's if you pay it for it through games pass and you have it is still like the tra- the microtransactions are still designed in a predatory way and i still think they're bad like i i don't i don't think they are gambling right like rec packs are gambling it is it is just gambling so like i'm like it doesn't change my opinion of if i think like the gambling like this like is, is predatory so loot boxes and it doesn't but what about um stuff like ubisoft's time savers right if you only spent five bucks on games pass for a game and then you could play like imagine assassin's creed right comes out it's not but let's say it was to come out like a games pass service that you're already paying for so you download valhalla right and you're playing it it's already included in the script you pay for but then you know there's like something in the game that that's it's behind like a ten dollar paywall does that ten dollar paywall seem far more egregious because you only spent five dollars for the game rather than if you spent 60 or do you not care as much right because you know it's a part of the service and if you like the game enough all right fine ten dollars more to keep playing it isn't bad yeah that seems okay to me that just oh that seems okay that it's not the most egregious thing right um but i i'm just yeah like microtransactions are still gonna be there and it's gonna be like it's 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 still predatory so that's like that's like my opinion on what what would happen if it's like yeah i mean it's gonna be there like there's gonna be multi well, like microtransactions in the multiplayer. Uh, that's, that's sadly just a given at this point. Uh, it's not even, a, it's not even a thing. It's not even a thing that the reviewers talk about, right? Sometimes like, like reviewers just don't mention like the game has microtransactions. Like Gears 5. I don't think any of the Gears 5 reviews are mentioned that the everything in the multiplayer mode is behind a microtransactions, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even play the multiplayer mode of Gears 5. I only played the single player mode because that's all I cared about. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Twenty twenty, everything's gonna look like a gotcha game now. <laughs> it, it it really is, and it's it's annoying to me. Like it's just like I like I. It's just I'm gonna talk about like I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm just I'm just saying like like especially with Ubisoft putting microtransactions in their fucking open world games, is that 
bro, just not having it in the game design makes it just like you want to play this game and it's not a grind. Like it's actually enjoyable to play this game and you don't have to worry about buying a fucking time saver, like, or like any other, any other of those, uh, microtransactions because there is no microtransactions and the game just gives you stuff. Imagine just the game just, you know, rewarding you in like in the game without you paying more. Um, just, just, just a thought. Uh, so I'm like, let's wrap this up, right? Like, I I don't think we have anything else to say. Yeah, I think any, more. I think we're just going to eventually start yelling about digital business models, and then we'll end up and then we'll end up pulling out our vinyl players. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> if you want to see if you want to like if that's something topic interested. Obviously, Jim Sterling has been on that beat for a long time. So if you want to listen to his Jimquisition videos, he has a lot of them about this that specific topic. So you can check those out, um, and. Let's wrap this up. So as always, show notes are on twoshadesofbrown.com and uh, feedback can be sent via email contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. The show notes are going to be there. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at PacketCat at 10forward.social and my website is alexsafe.com. And so, so where do people find you on the internet? So you can find me being the only Linux gamer on Mastodon, objectively verified, only person who plays games on Linux on Mastodon at showsfine at chitter.xyz. You can also find my website at showsfine.website. And I'm proud of us. We kept an episode where we talked about Halo streaming video games and the Xbox and OnePlus under an hour. Yeah, we we, we managed to keep it. Keep it brief. We managed to keep the pace going. So thank you, Microsoft, for not showing off any actual games in your super reel. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Microsoft, (laughs) for that. Uh, And with that, goodbye. Bye.